You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. It's our desire to make the kingdom of God known in Portsmouth as it is in heaven. Hi, how are you doing? Everybody all right? How are you feeling this morning? Feeling energised? Absolutely, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for letting me come and speak. Uh, if you don't know me, yeah, I'm Dom. I'm a youth wompy, born, not bred, but born and grew up in Portsmouth. So this is my home. I feel like I'm home. And for some reason, Josh and all the others let me come and speak to you from time to time. I don't know why I don't even own a denim jacket. Or, uh, and I haven't got a beanie either, but for some reason, they let me come and talk to you. So, and it's about a year and a half now, and yet, you know, I just have to say, I'm really, really happy here. Really happy being amongst you guys week by week. I mean, it's, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. Is it great? Great being here, absolutely. You know what, it just feels, and it felt for me really quickly, I came from a place where actually I was a bit jaded about church, of, uh, you know, heavy shoulders, and then I came here eventually, Mark, my friend Mark who sat there, he encouraged me to come here, and uh, I uh, found not just a great place to worship, but I feel like I found a family, you know? I found a new family. I hope that's something that you might be feeling or you're going towards feeling, or if it, you don't feel it yet, that you will really soon. A real, and make sure it's, it's all about just, uh, just sharing uh, our lives, yeah? It's about enjoying worship, yeah? It's about growing in faith together. It's about having a good time together. And there's all these opportunities that we've been hearing about, you know, about growing and supporting and caring for one another. That's what I see, and that's what I experience week by week. That is a... Now, one of my passions, if I'm honest, in, in faith terms anyway, is all about understanding what it actually means to be part of a church, part of a community of love, to, to be church with Jesus right there in the centre, experiencing him, him experiencing us and sharing that. Now, for me, it's about learning to understand together what being part of a church does for your life, how it can fill in loads of those little gaps, how it can answer some of those questions, maybe questions you've been asking yourself your whole life. You know, that's what Alpha is all about. That's what life groups are all about. That's what those, you know, through the highs and the lows of this roller coaster ride that we call life. And we do it together as family. And that's kind of the theme of my story for you guys today, because I'm just here as a storyteller. That's my role for you today. Um, it's about the importance of sticking together. It's about honouring one another. It's about some in the process. So are you up for that? Yeah. Cool? Yeah? Are we good? Are you up for it? Fantastic. So... Let's start with a reminder of where we are in this preaching series, looking at resilient faith. And I know that you know what this working definition is that we've got for this, don't you? Yeah. Are you going to tell me? <laughs> Shall I test you? No, I'm not going to test you. A posture of our heart, 
our mind and our soul to remain steadfast in following Jesus whilst living in a culture in opposition to that pursuit. That's what you were going to tell me, wasn't it? I could see, I could sense, absolutely, a posture of our heart, our mind, our soul to remain steadfast. Wow. When I read that, I just felt, yeah? It's not easy remaining steadfast, despite the fact that so much stuff is just trying to soften that attitude of solid commitment. Uh, You know, there's just so many influences just making us question, making us doubt. It's, It's not easy. It's not easy at all. And it would be a fool, somebody who stood up here and said, Resilient, where do we start? Where do we draw strength from the challenge? Because because I really do think it's a challenge to have resilient faith. Well, I'm first going to suggest that we have been and will continue to seek resilient faith together. That's the first foremost. But I think that is King's Church commitment to you, is that we stand together to do that. You know, we... Uh, in worship, in our life groups, through Alpha, through relationships and friendships that are formed at the back of the church, the side of the church, in the kids group, wherever it is, you are not alone here. If you ever feel alone, uh, uh, again, in this church, I'm sure of that. And We have to take on this posture of resilient faith with some core values high on our personal agendas. I think these are really important. Love, kindness, patience, forgiveness, generosity of spirit. None of these are easy either. But that's where we need to move our hearts. That is what resilient... You know, I can so easily be a mess up when it comes to doing all of this stuff myself. I stand here before you... And I'm happy to own that. So it's also important to be patient and kind with each other as we pursue it together. Yeah? But we also seen that these last few weeks. We've been uh, hearing about all these amazing people from the Bible, these great role models. But I also want to say there are just some amazing role models here. You know, we are, Paul says, the saints of the church, right? That's us. We are the great role models. We are the heroes here. Uh, I mean, like, just look at Drew and Josh and, and look at Nikki and Kate. They're beautiful people, aren't they? You're all beautiful. But we have these amazing people from the Bible. And today I'm going to focus on another character from the Bible, and that is Ruth. Um, so first of all, I'm going to introduce the story, and I really, you're going to have to stick with me here because this is like a proper soap opera. This is mega. This is great. So, deep breath. Here we go. Okay, so there's a faring, uh, Elimelech, that's dad, Naomi, that's mum, and then there's Marlon and Chilean, that's the two sons. So there's no food, there's a drought, it's really bad. So they move, they decide to move as a family to the greener grasses of Moab. And that's just a short term. 
But it was actually a really pretty punchy move for Elimelech and Naomi to head that way because Moab was very much a really foreign country um, where they worshipped a different god in a different way. And for the Israelites, they believed that the Moabites were descendants of Lot's and the Moabites didn't think much of the Israelites. And in fact, the Moabites were commonly known in that area as being a tribe of people who were known for their lack of kindness, their lack of generosity. They were hard-hearted people. That was the picture that everybody painted of Moabites. And pretty soon after their arriving, Elimelech dies. Um, but Marlon and Chilean get married they, uh, to Ruth, who's the hero of our story, and also to Oprah, um, these two local Moabite women. Then, and this is where we might cue the EastEnders theme tune with the da-da-das, um, Marlon and are three mourning widows. And Naomi, the matriarch in this story, realises that perhaps Moab wasn't the answer to all their problems. And so with the famine also having passed, she decides to return home. But Naomi here is both brave respect for either the elderly or the widow. She instructs Ruth and Oprah to go back to their homes there in Moab. And, and just try and forget this whole sorry mess of a story. And let's start again. New chapter, new episode of this soap opera. And I think here is where a little bit of context about, really, for most widows, um, young or old, a life of extreme poverty or servitude was the outcome of losing your husband. Women didn't really have any great status anyway, and husbandless women even less so, and had no means of self-support. You had to rely on either the kindness and generosity of your, or the Leverite tradition, and this was another little quirk of Jewish culture, where a man was obliged to marry his brother's widow. It happens several times in the Old Testament. Um, if the widow didn't have, uh, if the widow had children, then the brother would take on the whole family. And let's just say, in any great way, your only hope, really, was that if you were childless at the time you were widowed, and if your late husband's family allowed it, you would be told to go back and live with your own parents. And then the process of arranging a new marriage for you would begin again with your family. Again, I think choice was probably not really a big part of this. But what can I say? We live in more enlightened times now, don't we? Thankfully. So, there's a little bit of context. And here we have Ruth and Oprah. Um, they're childless. So a return to their Moab parents was the best option. Oprah goes, she's no fool. Um, but Ruth refuses. She's loved her. Even if that meant going to a strange country where she will know no one, um, and no one else. And to be honest, she won't really 
have been welcomed warmly. She'd be the strange, weird, Moabite person from that strange place where everybody's really rude and horrible. You know, that place where Moabites are known as being hard He decides they will support each other. They will grieve together. They will go out into the perilous unknown together. This is her new family, an adopted family, but one in which she wants to keep together. And it's at this point that Ruth says, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Amazing words. So, off they go. Ruth is going to adopt a new community, a new faith, a new life, sad of heart, missing home, missing her husband, missing her own family and her own support network, but going anyway. And there, when they get back in Bethlehem of all places, Ruth meets, eventually, Boaz, who's a relative of Ruth's deceased father-in-law. And after a lot of let's um, read it yourself, it's great fun, and Naomi takes the part of matchmaker in the story. But after some dramatic shenanigans, Ruth and Boaz get it together, they get it on. Boaz, you see, he takes on this role of what's called a, 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 a goel. Um, my Hebrew is non-existent. I'm confessing right now, but it's a who takes on this responsibility to redeem the life of this poor widow and restore her to new hope, new life, new happiness. Oh, we've come to the end of an amazing story. And you know, when I think back and look at that story, and I do encourage you to read it, it's pretty short actually. You can read it in half an hour. Less than that. What Ruth was choosing to do, she realizes, must have gone such a huge way to healing Naomi's grieving heart and her own through that, through their shared experience of uh, being widowed, through their shared experience of being in a foreign country, their shared experience of supporting and caring for a terrible situation. So, so what? What inspiration for our lives, for us now, today, do we get from all of this? I want to say loyalty, obedience, bravery, and trust. These are clearly laid out here in this story. But for the, the Hebrew readers of Ruth, there was actually something else in this story as well. The, the, the story of Ruth was kind of a, a basically sort of a moral, ethical teaching for uh, Jewish disciples. You know, I, I think a rabbi would have used this story to illustrate a really important point for those who wanted to go deeper. You know, and I'm sure Jesus and his disciples would have known this story. Of course, they would have known this story inside and out. And I bet Jesus would have used it to teach his listeners about this really important Jewish value, which is called 
chesed, and apologies again for any Hebrew speakers out there, because I'm not sure if that is... Chesed is the Hebrew word for a deep, important concept of loving kindness. Its literal me- uh, meaning, and I love this, it comes from um, two words, uh, one which means like or as if, and then another word which means mountain. So it comes from a word ka and shadu, if it were a mountain. That's the literal meaning of shesed, as if it were a mountain. Loving kindness, a solid, permanent, powerful and flipping enormous as Mount Everest. I love that. I love it. Shesed was used as a term to describe deep, life-changing, a kind of devotional, pious love for God. And it was also used as a way to understand how God uh, loved us and his mercy was directed towards us. An easy way to think of it is that love that goes that little bit further, that love that takes from you and gives to someone else. Shesed of God. And it's used a lot throughout the Old Testament, this word, shesed, particularly in the Psalms. In fact, in Psalm 136, it's used 26 times. If you remember that Psalm, it's the one that has the repeating refrain, for his love endures forever, for his love endures forever. The word in Hebrew is shesed. His love endures us as if it were a mountain. And to be honest, that's all I really want for us to just take this one thing away from our time together today. Be more shesed. Be more Ruth. As we finish up, can you adopt it in your life today or make a pledge, make a promise to yourself that you're going to try and adopt that or work on it and grow it in your life or focus on it a little bit more or look for scripture that's going to feed you uh, more of an understanding of it, that's going to help you develop what it means to love as if it were in your life today, right now. Remember, first of all, when we look at Ruth, Ruth empathized, right? Ruth empathized. She had empathy. She recognized Naomi's loss reflected in her own loss. She allowed herself to be moved and to respond in your life. Secondly, Ruth honoured God's plan for her. She went with it. She lived in the moment by honouring the past, but not letting her past define her. And she kept hopeful for the future. Can you find and hold on to some hope for something today? Ruth also stuck with it. She trusted God to make the terrible times into joyful times with no guarantees and no promises. Will you just trust with me some bit of your life to God today? Can you take one bit of your life that you're unsure about 
that today and just give it to God. Trust it to him. Ruth also exemplified this concept of Shesed and through it in her own way, her own little way, she contributed to the healing of the whole world and the building of the kingdom. So where can we heal? Well, she just loved at the end of the day. That's all she did. She just loved. She loved Naomi with all her heart. She didn't allow her own loss to harden her heart to the possibility of love again. Can the band come up and join me? That'd be fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much for us giving you some thought or some idea. You know, this idea of being more shesed, can we, do you think we can do that together? You know, remember what I said at the beginning, you're never on your own in this church, so don't worry. We are, or we, we with all the passion in our hearts, we want, can we empathise with each other's experience in life, in faith, no matter how different or how challenging that might be? Can we go with it and give our trust to God? Give, you know, give our trust up to God's plan for us. Just give it to him. Can we stick with it in his hands? Can we be shesed? Can we be loving kindness to each other? And then by doing that, we can be loving kindness to the world. If there's anything from the teaching that challenged you, please know that we're praying for you and would love to support you. If you need any help or support, please email pastoral at thekings.church. God bless you. See you soon.